0: Luke 10, verses 1 through 12. And I'm reading the whole section, but we're only going to be looking at really verses 1 through 3. Uh, I'm not going to preach on 12 verses. So just as a heads up, Steph. But we'll read the whole thing just so we get the whole context in mind. They read in Jesus' name. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to meditate on your word, I ask that your spirit would be at work in us, helping us to apply these truths and guiding us in these truths. Father, to the glory of your name, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And if I seem particularly nervous today, it's because the right reverend Pastor Jerry Moen is in audience, and that's the full-time, ty- Dr. Moen? Is it doctor yet? Oh, the, yeah, that's just getting to be too long of a handle. I can't handle it. Oh, that's awful. That's why they just call me pastor. Um. But as 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 we're looking at this, so what we've seen here, what we've been working up to in Luke, is Jesus really acting, well, in some ways, as pastor. He's, he's going out, he's, he's teaching, he's calling, he's healing, he's guiding. Um, he's touching lives, he, he himself, individually into these lives. And now we start to see, well, as he's working his way to Jerusalem, we start to see him expanding his ministry or continuing to expand his ministry through the sending out of the seventy-two, and and this is important because even Jesus, this Jesus, understands that the ministry is bigger than he himself. Others have to carry him with them. They have to carry the message too, and so as they carry the message of Christ, they're carrying Christ into all these towns, preparing the way for him, because. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him. So this this isn't the 12. The 12 is, as far as we know, still with Jesus. This is 72 or 70 others, depending on your translation and blah, 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 blah. So this isn't just the 12. And this is important. Why is it important that there's 72 others? Well, what's our place in this whole kingdom of God thing? What's our place in this whole church thing? Am, am I supposed to just come and be passive in my relationship with God? Should I just come to church? Just come to church. I'll absorb stuff. Maybe I'll give some money or, or something like that. I'll, I'll sing the hymns. Do I have any other calling? Do I have any other work? Do I have any other place? Yeah. This is, this is bigger than Pastor Joe. This is bigger than the deacons. This is bigger than the AFLC. This is the kingdom of God that needs to go into the whole world. And so he's called all of us. Seventy others, you go now. He sends them out ahead of him. And this is a great promise that we have as Christians. We're not doing this alone. Christ comes after us. The Holy Spirit comes before us. He prepares the way. And as we're bringing the message, how many of you have ever done something that was outside of your capacity and failed? I have. I could raise both hands. But when it comes to bringing the gospel, that isn't us. It isn't us. It doesn't rely, it doesn't rest on my shoulders. All I'm called to do is to be a witness. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? Doesn't he convict the world of sin, guilt, and punishment, judgment? Again, depending on your translation. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Okay, so that's not my job. And Jesus saves people, and the gospel saves people, so that's not my job. So, what am I supposed to do? Just bear witness to the gospel. Tell about what Jesus has done in my life, and I tell what Jesus has done in this world, because that's all I'm doing right now. I'm preaching a sermon, but what is this sermon? This is just explaining what Jesus has done, it's just trying to apply this into our lives. If you're going to be convicted, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to be encouraged, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to be changed, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the gospel working in your lives. It's going to be the Holy Spirit working in your lives. It's, it's not Pastor Joe. Praise God because I am not powerful enough to change you. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not stubborn enough, believe it or not. I can't change a person. Husbands, have you ever tried to change your wife's mind? Not if you're smart. Not if you're smart. <laughs> but really, think about it. Are we, can I change someone's mind? No. I, I thought through this years ago, you know, thinking, I was reading, oh, yeah, it's been about two years now, reading the Gulag Archipelago. Oh, if you want to read a uh, terrible story, that's, that's it. The Gulag Archipelago. But, What did they put those Christians through to try to get them to recant? They did everything up to killing them, and they couldn't get them to recant. Did the Soviets have the power to change the Christian's mind? No. So, also, we don't have the power to change someone's mind. That's God's job. We bring the message. Christ comes behind us, He's at work. We don't have to worry about that. I heard one group pray for boldness. I don't remember which group. was just hearing things as I was praying. Pray for boldness. Well, Why? Because it's not my job to fix them. Praise God it's not my job to fix people. It's my job to bring Christ to people. And then we let Christ do the work because he's the one that follows up. At our um, evangelism class, our storytelling class, what do we do? We just learn how to tell our stories. How do we tell our stories? What has Christ done in my life? What is Christ doing in your life? What has Christ done in the Word of God? We've got all these stories. How do we tell them? But by telling them well, do I then make sure that people get saved? No. Because then that'd be putting that weight back on my shoulders. Kevin, did you have something? So you're talking about the change in there, and as we
1: started in chapter 9
0: on Luke, we actually started off the same way. Yeah. Funny other that words, that's what I thought today. Out on, of on when you were reading, but why is the change? I mean, he's got more people going out on the second time, but you also talked as as we were reading through there that they were having the opportunities of doing miracles as the. I'm assuming the apostles are the in the first group were going out and doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were. They were going out. They're casting out demons. They were healing the sick. They were. They were preaching the word of God. And, and that's, yeah, it's, the, 70, the 72 are not the 12, but the 72 are also commissioned to go out. And so then as, as we go out, I was actually just reading the book of Mark that these signs accompanied them. We, we should be expecting the power of God to accompany us. You know, whether or not that's casting out demons, nevertheless, as we, as we tell our stories, we proclaim the word of God as we, teach the gospel, we should expect the power of God to come and to change the people. Sometimes that's going to be physical heal- healing. Sometimes that's going to be spiritual healing. It's, uh, I'll, well, okay, so I'll tell a story. I think back to when um, Kirsten and I were infertile, and we prayed for four years that God would heal her that God would heal her and God would heal her and he didn't heal her according at my timing but now as I look back upon that I can give thanks because it's through that not healing that God drew us closer to Christ just like you know Lindy was talking this morning about suffering and the video we had was talking about suffering through that suffering we were able to draw closer to Christ even though that healing didn't happen according to our timing we were still able to draw closer to Christ through that suffering I remember you know Janet's Uh, Christmas card. I actually just found it the other day when I was cleaning my office. I do clean my office. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Sign of a clean office is a sign of deranged mind, though. Um, (laughs) But that was my father-in-law's joke. My grandfather-in-law's joke. But uh, that suffering can draw us closer to Christ. Janet's cancer. drew her closer to Christ. Revealed the glory of Christ. So as we're out proclaiming the gospel, sometimes we proclaim something that's greater than physical healing. You know that even this physical suffering can draw you closer to Christ. When I had COVID, it, it was actually, I, I, I hesitate to say it was a lot of fun um, because it, it wasn't fun in the normal sense, but it was a time of rejoicing. I could trust Christ in that. And it was a time that I could, I could rely on Christ and I could, I could rejoice because I knew that Christ was in me and that he was going to use this for his glory. And so suffering and healing and all of these things, the gospel comes in over those. And as we trust in Christ through the gospel, things change. The world changes. The power of God comes with us. I, and so I don't know if maybe that's not the question you're asking. <laughs> Sometimes I answer the wrong question, like a politician. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was kind of strange that both the chapter, or when you started in chapter 9 and started in chapter 10, that they both started off the same way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Luke is Luke is a scholar. And, you know, you see rhetoric lessons and grammar or writing lessons, and they'll teach you to do that stuff still. So yeah, that's 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 God working through the genius of Luke. So, good. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so they're out breaking ground. And what happens after you break ground? Well, you've planted, now you... Now it's time for the harvest. Jesus says here, though, this isn't something to wait. We're not. You're not going ahead, and then later you're going to have to go because the kingdom of God doesn't come like a field. Because the kingdom of God comes, we're both sowing and harvesting all at the same time. All of these things are going on in, you know, depending upon the individual plant and the individual place. This is much more a polyculture than a monoculture, if you want to talk about those things. There's Because God is working in this way in this person, in this way in this person, and so Jesus says here, the harvest is plentiful. He doesn't say the harvest is plentiful now. He doesn't say the harvest is plentiful this year. He doesn't say the harvest is plentiful. He he just says it's plentiful, brothers and sisters. When we think about this world, is there chaos in this world right now? Our families being broken up. Our lives being destroyed. Is there addiction? Is that on the rise? Lewis, is there a lot of addiction going on in our world? Why is there addiction going on in our world? Because people are looking for something to escape the world. What if we gave them someone who overcame the world? They don't need to escape it. They can overcome it in Christ. Do you know who's the answer to all these things? Jesus He is the answer to these things. That is the answer, period. And so, right now, 2022, you know what? Harvest is plentiful. Well, but people's hearts are hard. Well, the people that you've talked to, maybe. Are there other people that you haven't talked to yet? Do you think there's other people in this world that you haven't talked to that might be ready to hear the gospel? Well, but in the past, they got rejected. So what? If you go out in the field in July to harvest, Ken, if you go out in the field in July to harvest, are you going to get a good harvest? Every plant is going to reject you. But if you go out at the right time or at the right field, maybe in the beginning of August and you start harvesting wheat. But if you go out in the corn field in the beginning of August, good luck with that, unless it's sweet corn, but yeah, Whatever. Just because you're being rejected by one doesn't mean you're going to be rejected by another. And until you go through absolutely everybody, you can't say, well, I'm just going to be rejected because you don't know. You don't know until you've exhausted the field. You don't know. And that's what Christ is calling us to. And that's what Jesus is telling us. The harvest is plentiful. Friends, this isn't a worry. We don't have to worry. Well, maybe there's not going to be anybody to receive Jesus. They're out there. They need Jesus that's why they're getting caught in addiction. That's why, that's why we're seeing the breaking up of families. That's why we're seeing children rebelling against their parents. That's why we're seeing grandparents. and It's, it's insane. I tell you, I can't even put, wrap my mind around what's going on in our country, let alone the rest of the world. And what's Jesus say? The harvest is plentiful. That's what's going on. The harvest is becoming even more plentiful. As people leave Jesus behind, but the laborers are few. Here's the rub. There needs to be more of us. But you know the cool thing is? The harvesters are found in the harvest. The harvesters are found in the harvest. So then how do we raise up more harvesters? God says, work harder. No, he says pray. Because as we run into this problem of not having enough of us. If I'm doing the work that God has called me to, I'm going to run into that problem. There needs to be more of me. And I thank God that there's not more of me because that would be really annoying. But nevertheless, there needs to be more. So what do we do? It doesn't mean we quit. It doesn't mean we give up. That means we come back to Christ. We come back to the Lord of the harvest. We come back to He who is in control This is a call for us to trust him, to rely on him, and to pray earnestly, Lord, send out more harvesters. We need more. We need boldness. We need courage. We need to step forward in faith, trusting that God is going to go before us, that God is going to come behind us, that he is going to fill in all the gaps. Well, but I don't always say the right things. You're right. You're not going to. That's okay. I don't either. Actually, I'm kind of amazed at how often I say the wrong things. But what do we do? We pray, Lord, you have to fill the gap. It's too big for us. He doesn't say, therefore, train more. He says, pray, pray. And as we're praying, as we're harvesting, God will raise up more for us to train. I don't have anybody to disciple. Then pray. Start harvesting. Start sharing your word. Sharing your story. What's God doing? What's God done? What's God done in your life? What has God done in the word of God? What does he teach? You know, the interesting thing is, I don't think this is on my last point. Actually, it is. So, go your way. So what does Jesus say? Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. I, I had a talk with Edgar it's been a few years now about the the people that God brings into our lives. You know, Edgar gets evangelistic opportunities. He just they just runs into them. You know what I get? I'll be out at Barnes and Noble or I'll be out at Caribou and God'll send me counseling situations. And it's just really strange. Someone's, someone just plops down next to me crying or it's a, you know starts telling me their story and I get counseling situations. Go your way. The way that God has gifted you, he will send people into your life. Think about that. The way that God has gifted you. And so what do you do then? Well, okay, what giftings do I have? How do I bring those into alignment with Christ? How do I learn how to share Jesus through my love of farming? How do I share, learn how to share Jesus through my love of cars? How do I learn to share Jesus through my ability to listen? How do I learn to share Jesus through my ability to talk? Oftentimes, that last one, that's what we think of. You know, some of us are really good talkers. Other people aren't really good talkers. Do you know that really good talkers can share Jesus just as well as really good listeners? Because usually those things don't go hand in hand. Um, Both can share Jesus, right? Go your way. How has God made you? In Psalm 33, David says that he has formed the hearts of every man. Your personality, whatever it is, Whether you're a scholar or whatever, it it doesn't matter. You're a scholar, you're a farmer, you're a mechanic. Not that those all could be scholars in some ways, but who are you? How can you use your loves, your delights, your tendencies, your idiosyncrasies? How do you use those to share Jesus? That's the question because he has made you and he wants all of you to be in submission to him for his use. all of your past, all of your history. There's nothing in there that Christ can't redeem and use for his glory. Nothing. You can be a pig farmer for Jesus. Think about it. Is that possible? I was out shoveling my driveway the other day, um, two days ago, and as I was shoveling my driveway, I was thinking about monks and how nice it would sometimes be just to be a monk and just to give myself over to prayer and over to meditation I'd have to leave my family and so then obviously I can't do that because I'd be denying my primary uh, calling, one of my primary callings. But then it struck me as I was shoveling my driveway. Why is it that only monks can do that? I should be able to give myself to prayer when I'm shoveling my driveway. I should be able to give myself to meditation when I'm out mowing my lawn. I I should be able to love Christ when I'm swinging kettlebells in my basement. Or when all of you weird people are out running. <laughs> you should be able to give yourself to Christ. That, that should be a, a time of meditation, a time of prayer, a time of praise, a time of witness. All of these things, everything in our lives should be given to Christ because he has made us and he is sending us. And so he has given us those things intentionally because Peg can reach people that Pastor Joe can't. Because Elizabeth has connections that I don't and that Jim doesn't. And so she can bring the gospel into their lives in ways that none of us can. Even if Kathy was connected to those people, Elizabeth is going to bring the gospel in Elizabeth's way through Elizabeth's personality. That's how this works. So who am I? Christ is sending you. Is all of you submitted to Christ? Think about that. Think about what God has done in your life. Think how God has made you. And know this, he is sending you out as lambs amongst wolves. Well, that sounds terrifying, right? You will be rejected. You will have people out there that are trying to kill you. If you're proclaiming the gospel, if, if you're living a righteous life, Paul says you will face persecution, period. But that's okay because it's not our job to change the wolves. It's the Holy Spirit's. He is putting you into a position that is too big for you. Praise God, because if the position was, good enough, was small enough for you to manage it, you wouldn't need God. A lamb amongst wolves needs God. So why does God send us in as lambs amongst wolves? So that we can see God, so we can rely on God, so that our stories can grow, so that our witness can grow, so that our testimonies can grow, so that the wolves can see the power of God. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, do you think that was a witness to everybody who threw him in? Absolutely. And everybody that knew about it. And as God stopped the mouths of the lions, he can stop the mouths of the wolves. And that becomes a witness then to everybody who sees the lamb amongst the wolves. There's something different there. This is too big for us. And we should fear the situation enough to draw near to God. Because then we don't need to fear the situation anymore. If I'm relying on myself, I'm going to fail. Period. If you rely on yourselves, you're going to fail. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean that you don't need to prepare. That doesn't mean that you don't need to think about these things. That doesn't mean that you don't need to know your Bible. That means that as you read your Bible and prepare to be sent out as lambs amongst wolves, you need to look to God and ask, Lord, you have to bless me. You have to guide me. You have to give me the words. I can't do it. Because you know what? We can't. But he can. And he is so powerful that he can even use Norwegians. Praise God. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So go your way as lambs amongst wolves and bring the gospel because we live in a world that needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. That's, That's it. It doesn't need more Republicans, more Democrats. It doesn't need more mountains. It needs Jesus. He's the only one that can fix this mess that we're in. Amen, let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are God. Lord, that you are wise and that you are powerful and that you have called us. Lord, we thank you for including us in your ministry. I pray that we would trust you, that we would love you. Lord, that we would do the work that you are calling us to. Lord, that we would take all of our lives and submit it to you. Lord, redeem every aspect of our lives so that it might be of use to you, that you might be glorified as we go out as lambs amongst wolves. Lord, we thank you for that image, and I pray that we would fear and that we would trust you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.